Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. We are delaying the start of our regularly scheduled program. We have delayed the start of our regularly scheduled program to bring you this bulletin from CBS News. Washington. Federal Judge Matthew McGuire in Washington has signed a temporary injunction against both the coal mine operators and the miners in the soft coal dispute. The injunction orders the coal miners to go back to work at once. This bulletin has come to you from CBS News. We now resume our scheduled program. Suspense. Radio's outstanding theater of thrills brings you an hour, a full 60 minutes of suspense. Tonight, the noted stage actor Sam Jaffe is our star in Suspicion by Dorothy Sayers. A suspense play produced and directed by Anton M. Leder. It is very quiet in Hammersmith, the western metropolitan borough of London. Orderly homes line orderly residential streets. And inside these homes, quiet people live quiet lives. An outsider might notice the changeless security of Hammersmith, while the natives regard it without comment as part of their peaceful pattern of living. It is a point of pride that St. Paul's School, located within the borough's limits, dates back to the 12th century, the Godolphin School to the 16th century and the Edward Latimer Foundation to the 17th. And it's a matter of record that the last disruptive influence exerted itself over the town and its people in the year 879 when the Danish invaders occupied it as their winter camp. It is in Hammersmith our story is laid. And now with the performance of Sam Jaffe as Edward Mumry, Lorene Tuttle as his wife Ethel, Alan Reed as Brooks, and with Suspicion by Dorothy Sayers, we again hope to keep you in... Suspense! My name is Edward Mummery of Hammersmith. I'm 48 years of age, fair of complexion... Agreeable, I believe, is to disposition. I have my business, real estate, in the city, which I run together with my partner, Mr. Harold Brooks. I have my own home. I occupy my leisure hours with gardening. And I've just been married. That is, practically just. Six years, to be exact. My wife, Ethel, is the most brilliant thing that ever happened to me. These are the outward facts. I recognize that I'm a very ordinary person. And yet, can a person be considered ordinary when into his life there suddenly explodes the extraordinary? For this is what happened to me. On one single day, like any other day in a quiet, carefully planned life, 
I smelled the odor of the grave, and I saw with my own eyes the supreme horror of all existence. It began in the railway carriage going to London to my office. Perhaps it was the thick pall of tobacco smoke in the carriage that first made me aware of my nausea. I slipped a digestive tablet into my mouth. Lately, I'd taken to the habit of carrying them about with me. And I leaned back my head and closed my eyes. De Vries, who travelled with me every morning, was giving me the benefit of his morning edition. Ah, here's something. Smack on the front page. The question has been asked in the house about government typewriters. <laughs> now there's the press for you. The world going to the devil so fast it makes my head spin and all they can print in their precious newspapers. I say, old chappy, you're looking terribly pale this morning. Could, could you just open the window a bit? I don't feel very well. Why, certainly. There you are. Just lean your head into it. Get some fresh air. Yeah, better? Yes. Thank you. Must have been something you had for breakfast. I suppose so. Sorry to be such a fool about it. Not at all, old man, not at all. Go ahead. Read me some more of this earth-shaking news. All right, if you like. Uh, Further split has occurred in the Labour Party. Well, (laughs) let's skip over politics for today. Two girls trapped in burning factory. I can do without the morbid, too. The police are still looking for the woman who poisoned a family in Lincoln. I took a tram to my office, gritting my teeth against this nausea that had me dizzy and trembling. How I got up the stairs, I'll never remember. The world swam black before my eyes. Then I was seated at my desk, breathing a bit hard, but once more in control of myself. My heart no longer pounding. Morning, Mummery. Cold enough for you? Yes, Brooks, quite. And pleasantly raw, in fact. Beastly, beastly. Your tulip bulbs all in? Not quite all. As a matter of fact, I haven't been too well lately. Oh, too bad. Bulbs ought to go in early. You're lucky, you know, living in the country. You want to take advantage of it. How's the missus? Thank you. She's very much better. Glad to hear that. Very glad. I hope we shall have her about again this winter, as usual. Can't do without her in the drama society. I'm know. sure you're very kind, I but... mean it. By Jove, I shan't forget her acting last year in romance. She and young Welbeck positively brought down the house. Yes, she was good, wasn't she? Yeah, Welbeck's were asking after only yesterday. She'll be up and around again soon. The doctor says she mustn't overdo it. No worry, he says. That's the important thing. She's to go easy and not rush about or undertake too much. Quite right. Worry's the devil and all. I cut out worrying years ago. Look at me. Fit as a fiddle, for all I shan't see 50 again. <laughs> You're not looking altogether the thing, by the way. Oh, touch of dyspepsia. Nothing much. A chill on the liver, I suppose. <laughs> That's what it is. Is life worth living? Depends on the liver. Yes. Well, we'd better be getting to that lease of Herabies. I have it right here. Oh, by the way, I suppose your wife doesn't know of a good cook, does she? I doubt it. They aren't so easy to find nowadays. In fact, we've only just got suited ourselves. Well, I promised the Philipsons I'd look around. Their girl's getting married. That's the worst of bringing young girls in to work for you. I said to Philipson, you mind what you're doing, I said. Get somebody you know something about. You may find yourself landed with this poisoning woman. What's her name? Uh, Andrews. <laughs> Don't want to be sending wreaths to your funeral yet a while, I said. <laughs> 
He laughed, but it's no laughing matter. What we pay the police for, I simply don't know. Nearly a month now, and they can't seem to lay hands on the woman. All they say is, they think she's hanging about the neighborhood and may seek a situation as cook. <laughs> as cook, now, I ask you. There was a theory in the papers that she'd committed suicide. Don't you believe it, my boy. That coat found in the river was all eyewash. They don't commit suicide, that sort don't. That sort? These poison maniacs, cunning as weasels, that's what they are. Well, I hope they catch her before she tries a hand on anybody else. As I told Phillips... Then you it... think this Mrs. Andrews did it? Ah, of course she did it. You've been following the case, haven't you? Looked after her old father, and he died suddenly. Left her a bit of money, too. Then she keeps house for an elderly gentleman, and he dies suddenly. Now there's this husband and wife. Man dies, woman taken very ill. Of arsenic poisoning. Cook runs away. Did you ask, did she do it? I only thought it, it might be a coincidence. I don't mind betting that when they dig up the father and the other old bird, they'll find them bug full of poison, too. Once that sort gets started, they don't stop. <sighs> what is the matter, Mummery? I... I... Mummery, let me call you a doctor. No, just some water. It's all right. There you go. Slowly now. That's all right. Mm. Hold your head. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you, Brooks. You sure you're all right? Yes. All right. My dear fellow. Don't mind telling you, you gave me a start. I thought I was losing you here and now. It's only my stomach. Nothing serious. Well, hold on a moment. What did you have for breakfast? I don't know. The usual. No, no, no. Now tell me. We'll get to the bottom of this. Well, then, brown bread, bacon, uh -huh. eggs, just the nicely set kind. Uh-huh. Coffee, made as only Mrs. Sutton can. Mrs. Sutton? Oh, oh, that's your new cook. She's a real find. I'm terribly thankful for yes, her. Yes, I can imagine. Your wife down with a nervous breakdown must be a blessing to have someone capable of running the house. That's right. Ethel hasn't been at all fit, poor child. I don't want you to mention it to her, Brooks. She gets upset so easily. I don't want her worrying about me. Of course not, Mummery. Isn't it odd, Brooks? What's that? This photograph of that Mrs. Andrews. Oh, you mean the newspaper? She looks like such... such a sweet, motherly-looking woman. <laughs> Take care, mother. From the way your stomach's acting up, I'd say this poisoner and your precious Mrs. Sutton are one and the same. That's <laughs> hardly a joke, Brooks. As a matter of fact, if there were the slightest resemblance, I'd be terrified. But this Mrs. Andrews looks so... Oh, so angelic. She's got a bad mouth. Look to the mouth, Mummery, before you trust your fellow man. That's where the true story is written. Death by poison, fiends and murderers, the darkness of the pit, the unholy face of evil. These are things we read about. These are horrors we get at second hand through fiction and films. But they do not really happen to people like me, a suburban gardener or real estate broker. And that was a comfort. If I were to go through life without any great distinction, at least I should avoid any great terror. So I told myself as I left the office for lunch. I was a little nervous to begin with. So I had some boiled fish and a custard pudding. 
the wrenching pain seemed gone entirely, and I became positively lightheaded as the bogey of illness and doctor's bills ceased to haunt me. I bought a bunch of bronze chrysanthemums for Ethel, just by way of celebration. And I got home at the usual time, 7.10. I was a little dashed by not finding Ethel in the sitting room. Still holding the flowers, I went down the passage toward the kitchen door and opened it. Oh, sir. I seem to have startled you, Mrs. Hutton. Yes, yes, she did. I didn't hear the front door go. Where's Mrs. Mummery? Not feeling bad again, is she? Well, sir, she's got a bit of a headache, poor lamb. I made her lay down and took her up a nice cup of tea at half past four. I think she's dozing nicely now. That was very considerate, Mrs. Sutton. Oh, it was turning out the dining room that done it, I think. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.